Welcome back to What You'll Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. My name is Adam Jones. Today we are... cooked there. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, we're fucking... It's the end of year review episode and we thought we'd follow in the same footsteps as the one we did back in May for the end of season one. Mm. Um, Got a fucking big burger. Again. And we've gone hard on the bevs already. Yeah, I think last time we, we started recording a bit earlier. Yeah. <laughs> this time we're a little bit further down the track. <laughs> but at the same time, we got probably better quality books to talk about. Oh, mate. The books this season have been phenomenal. So essentially this episode, we're going to recap the best books, the best interviews, the best songs at the end. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much how it's going to go out. So I think last season, man, between what between Feb and May, we were very weak on books. Look, mate, when you compare the books from July to December compared to the books from Jan to June mm. or Jan to May, it's not even not mate, even a competition. I think at the start of the year, we were just trying to get interviews, yeah. right? So we were happy to compromise on mm. book quality just to get interviews. Yeah. But as we've grown a bit, our book quality has grown and we haven't had to compromise to get the no, interviews. No, 100% agree. Yeah. 100% agree, mate. There have been some phenomenal books. And <laughs> so last time we did top five books... This time we tried to do a top five and we blew it out to a top ten. And even then, the top ten was a struggle. Mate, we'll get <laughs> There's pissed plenty off. of that missed out. Even the honourable uh, mentions this time. Are phenomenal. Yeah. A few announcements to kick it off. Firstly, a reminder of the competition. Mm. So you can win all 48, 50 books, however many it's going to be. We've done 26 books so far. So you can win all the 26 books that we've done since July all the way up to what we do to the end of May. You can mm. win all of those Big bad motherfuckers. Yeah, plus twenty two more that you yeah. haven't listened to yet, but they're yeah. you know equal in terms of value. They're mm. fucking next level. So a reminder: there's there's three ways to win. You can do the survey at whatyouwillearn.com slash survey, uh, which a whole bunch of people have done. But um, please keep helping us out. We'll keep tweaking as we go. Yep. Another way is to leave a review. We've gotten a few very nice reviews, but yeah, we really know, appreciate those just reviews. Massages our ego a little yeah. bit. But at the same, <laughs> the same time, definitely helps our ranking on iTunes. That's probably definitely. the big one. And and then the third way is to just buy a book because obviously we love reading books, and we hope you guys can read a few books as well. Yeah, easy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And Email number, us anytime. Podcast at whatyouwillearn.com. That's it. Number three, we set up a Patreon account. Is that number three? No, we only did number one. Or to number two, but yeah, we'll we'll oh, go page, we'll go number three, then we'll go number two yeah, after okay. that. So we we've set up this this Patreon, so it's where you can put in you know a dollar a month just to say you know you guys are doing well, I, I like your stuff and I want a bit more. So mm. on that dollar a month, we're going to give you heaps of extra shit. So we're going to give you an pretty much an extra episode every month or so, um, as well as online courses, as well as like a book we're going to write, as well as some summaries of books like that we've written up. Yeah. yeah, it's a $1 a month and obviously it's a big step up between just sitting here and you know wherever you are right yeah. now listening on a train. It's a big step up from that to putting your bank account in to pay a dollar a month. It is. Like a dollar a month doesn't sound like much, but as we know from predictably rational, the difference between zero and $1 is massive. Yeah, so those people who are happy to you know take that big step of actually yeah. um, putting in details or whatever like that, then yeah. you know we're going to make sure and our promise is we're going to at least 10x your ROI, yep. whether that's in terms of like uh, online courses or book value or yep. any of the stuff we got in the pipeline, you're going to get the beta version for free. Yeah, exactly. And we want these people to, to you know, if, if you're one of those people who really want to get in early, you know, the top 1% of our audience, we appreciate it. We need to bounce a few ideas off you, give you the early stuff and test a few things out and give you some serious value. Mate, Mate and the Papa Tom. Th- I guess what we've got coming up, we'll obviously review what we've done so far, but what we've got coming up, we've got some phenomenal interviews coming up and some phenomenal books coming up. So starting on the, I guess we'll throw it out probably on the 1st of Jan or the 31st of December, a bit of New Year's resolution stuff. Mm, mate, my favorite book of all time. I said that, I think about Seven Habits. But this is <laughs> this is definitely a way to stop smoking. So it's it's more of a niche book, Yeah. but if you're a smoker or if someone you love yeah, in you know your someone, life yeah. is a smoker, then this book could... Honestly, change your life or the person's life you're, you know, that you love. Yeah, mate. So I've almost, I haven't finished reading it yet, but I'm almost there. Uh, not a smoker, never have been, never will be. But mate, this is a phenomenal book. Mm. And I can, if you, if you're a smoker or anyone you know is a smoker, I don't see how you can read the book and not quit. Mm. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. Without the scare tactics and all that, what else is coming, man? Um, so we've got uh, some of the books include Crossing the Chasm, The Effective Executive, which is like my new. Top five book. Loved. Loving the effective... Uh, f- f- fucking you. <laughs> effective executive. Mate, but some of the interviews we've got coming up as well are absolutely phenomenal Oh, too. man. Next level. 
We've got Kev Kelly. So we did the inevitable tw- uh, 13 months ago. And so we're going to speak to um, Kevin Kelly, who's yep. a legend. Dan Pink, who we did drive ages ago. The one in the stink. Dan Heath. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Heath. So we did Switch about six weeks ago. They've got a brand new book called The Power of Moments. We're going to speak to Dan Heath. Um, we've got a guy called Greg McEwen who did the Essentialism book, which is awesome about people being fucking busy, busy for no fucking reason. losers. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and a man, a man, Chris Crasser from Joe Rogan, who we loved uh, listening to, and going to speak to the him about a whole bunch of health stuff. Yeah, that's it, man. Should we get into it now? Let's get into it. Yeah. So, should we start with interviews or books? Books, 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 books. So, some of the, as we said last time, we did a top five. It was it was impossible to do a top five for this time. We we blew we blew it out to a top ten, mate. We could have been a top <laughs> <Yeah>. fifteen. <laughs> We did 26 books in total. It could, probably could have been a top 20, top mm. 24, <laughs> yeah, top 26. Definitely. <laughs> Some of the honorable mentions that didn't make either of our top 10s mm. was The Power of Now. Yes. Um, and it's all about being present. You know, there's no past, there's no future. All you've got is the now, the present. Yeah, that's it. The Power of Now, it's it's all you ever have. Yeah. And I think if you grasp this concept fully, then it could, you know, if you're not thinking about the future or the past, because a lot of people, I think he says in the book, 80% of your time is thinking about what's going to come in the future yes. or what's been in the past. Yep. So you could live your whole life not actually being in the moment. Which is a ridiculous way to live. Yeah. So, that, you know, there's a lot of value in this book. Yeah. I love it. Mate, another one that didn't make it is Think and Grow Rich, which is for some people it will be their number one book. For us, it wasn't our number ones. There was some good stuff in there though, for sure. Good shit For some in reason, man. the only thing I remember is don't get whipped by a little black boy. That's the main thing I remember <laughs> about how his uncle got whipped. Mate, for me, and I didn't put notes on this one, but it was like more the, the law of attraction stuff, which yeah. I'm unattracted to, yeah. <laughs> ironically. It's, you know, the idea that a lot of the takeaways people get from this book is they can sit in their room yeah. and just think about growing rich or think yeah. of a tax loan or ticket popping up. Yeah. And it's not going to work like that. No, agree. But there's definitely, mate, there's some serious positives. There's some good there. shit in there. Serious positives in there. Yeah. Um, another one for me, man, was which didn't make it was Mate. Yes. Yeah, so we did uh, a book called The Game back in season one, which is about uh, special tactics and tricks and maneuvers to get girls. Mm, it's all about to tricks. Trick them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the mate was all about just being a generally good all-round dude. Yeah. So it's an evolutionary psychology point of view yes. from it. So how did you know the female species evolve yeah. to be attracted to males? Yeah. And it, it starts from that perspective as opposed to being at a bar and just fucking, you know, just tricking them. <laughs> Doing some magic tricks or palm reading. Yeah. But this was like just, you know, be physically healthy, be friendly, be humorous, be stable and successful. Yeah. Just be a good dude and people will be naturally attracted to you. So I reckon that was it. That was a good one. Definitely. Mate, another one, the corporation, which has been very pertinent to what I've been going through this year, but it's all about how corporations' interests are for the stockholders and it is their job to make as much money for the shareholders as a moral imperative as opposed to them having some kind of obligation to externalities. So it gives a very good understanding of why externalities are as they are and they just get fucked and just like swept under the rug. Basically, he's just saying that, you know, and we spoke to Joel Bacan as well as doing the book and they're just saying that, look, it's not individual's fault. It's not specific company's fault. It's just the whole system. The the way that corporations are designed is just flawed. Like, mm. it just forces them to be purely money-focused and forget about all the other negatives. Mate, they're legally the obliged to just do what's best for shareholders yeah. and that's all it comes down to. So Which is almost... Always going to be wrong for everything yeah. else, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So if you got to, so you know, the Great Barrier Reef, or you got to yeah. kind of reef, and if it's got some oil underneath, mm. and the company knows about it, Man, fuck the they're reef. legally obliged to fuck the reef. Yeah, <laughs> go search, go and dig the oil up because it's the best interest of the shareholder. It's not good. Yeah, it's not good whatsoever. Yeah, Mate, really. one that didn't make it for our top tens was the one we just did last weekend. A more beautiful question. I liked. I didn't really like it as I read it, but I liked that you know answers are everywhere, and it's becoming more and more available. And answers and information is losing value. The only thing that has value now is asking good, good proper questions. questions. Yep, that's it. Oh man, should we get in the top ten now? Yeah. Top- <laughs> well, I love how it grew from top five to top ten <laughs> and very <laughs> quickly. <laughs> so top ten, mate. Number ten for me was uh, start with why. Mm. So most people. Th- when they explain things, they say what they do. And maybe they might get to how they do it, but the way, the best way to do it is to start with why, not with what. So start with why, then how, then what. And the quote that he keeps saying throughout the book, people don't buy it 
what you do, they buy why you do it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely love that as well. Number 10 for me, man, was getting things done. And it's all about this external mind. So if it's on your mind, Mm. your mind isn't clear. So, you know, throughout the day, you can have all these things that just pop into your head. So getting things done is all about getting things out of your head onto a paper and into some external system. Yeah. And what he talks about is capture. So that's what I was just saying, capture it out of your head, clarify what it is, organize it by getting it in some kind of calendar and then reflect on what you need to do during the week based on your priorities and then engage on it. Yeah, I love it. As you say, get it, every, get it out of your head. You can stop thinking about it. The other thing I really liked from this book was the two-minute rule that if mm. you find a task that is going to take two minutes or less, just fucking do it. Yeah. Don't put it off. Just do it. It's a bigger investment for you to just like, you know, get the two-minute thing yeah. into your in and yeah. then just like putting into Try a later day. It later, it's going to yeah. spend you 10 minutes just fucking planning around and just fucking around it. with that shit. And we spoke to David Allen. Um, I think he was a bit sick the day we spoke to him, but it was good. Mate, I don't think you liked us. <laughs> <laughs> and let's not lie. And it wasn't the only one. <laughs> the only, it wasn't the only one. Mate, there's a few like people it. like that, you know. They're, they're, they're used to speaking to some big dog executives yeah. and then they get on the other end of a Skype call and she's just, just fucking, us. fucking around. <laughs> Mate, number nine for me... Was Purple Cow. Was it? Me too. Mate, yep. I think that's the only time we crossed over. No, Purple Cow. Seth Godin, we obviously spoke to Seth Godin, which we'll talk about more later, but Purple Cow was all about just being remarkable. Brown cows are fucking boring. They're everywhere. Purple Cow is something you're going to tell other people about though. Exactly. So he talks about the way to break through the mainstream is to target the niche instead of a huge market. So mm. we'll go really quickly. So say if you've got a, a, some kind of market, it's some kind of... Um, some kind of normal distribution curve. Yep. So he's saying you get to target the people at the very front of that curve yep. and have something that stands out like a purple cow. So then these people at the very front of the market, they can cough and then tell these other people sneeze, yep. in, or sneeze yep. instead of you. And the traditional way, which is quite opposite, is you know to just go for the whole market at once get with something TV like TV ads, ads yeah. and all that kind of shit. This is like fucking go to the very front, let them market the rest for you. Yeah. And that's in anything you do. Just do things that are worth being talked about. Do something that someone else is going to tell someone about. Um, don't, yeah, I, love, I loved it. Um, mate, number eight for me is the Lean Startup, which will I think is in your top five. So we'll save that one. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Number seven for you? Number seven, Matt, what was number eight for you? Click a moment. Yes. We'll save that for my top five. <laughs> mate, number seven for me is Good to Great. Was that in your top 10 or not? Mate, so good to great. I really liked it. It was a simple. It was all about businesses. He like you know compared businesses that way outperformed like three x their competitors, mm. um, and compared them to just average companies. And he came up with six things that really differentiated. Definitely, them. one of the big takes away for me was first who, then what. So yep. it's about getting the right people on the bus, yep. and then figuring Get out where the, the bus is going the bus other, then... other, other, <laughs> other than some big fucking you know the CEO coming in mm. and choosing where the bus goes that's get it. the right people to choose for you yeah no that's it that's it. get a whole bunch of good people on the bus rather than just get one Mate, driver who's, and the yeah. other one for me was the idea of level 5 leadership yeah so level 4 I won't say 1, 2 or 3 but level 4 was the people who are the, the you know the show the show ponies or whatever yep. for a big company yep. whereas level 5 they got this great mix of professional will yep. but personal humility yes and where you're going to find a level five leader is where you see great results, but no one steps up to the front to claim them. Yes. You know, they're always in the back and they're, they're humble about things. So they don't jump to the front. I love it, man. That's exactly what you want. You don't just want the guy who's up there taking the credit for everything. You want someone who's actually doing shit mm. and doesn't, doesn't care about the, the credit. Mate, for a lot of people, that'll be number one yeah. book of all time. And yeah. I completely understand it. Yeah. The only thing is, just after the book, they all crashed. But other than that, yeah. <laughs> other than that, mate, number seven for you? Seven Habits. Four. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. We might save that one for a bit later. Mate, what was number six for you then? Mate, this was very difficult to not put in the top five. Yeah. It's Pale Blue Dot. Ooh. And for this book for me, man, 90% of it was a lot of fat. <sighs> yep. But that 10%, if I like look back on it uh, retrospectively, then it had a, a huge impact on me. Mate, it didn't make my top 10, but just, mate, when he, when he talks about the, just the sheer size of the universe mm-hmm. and how completely insignificant our little you know, day-to-day right. shit is, it just does not matter. That's it, man. For me, it was just all about perspective taking. Mm. So many of the debates in history of science seem to be you know, contests over which humans are the most special. If yep. you look back through all the history. So if you look at this premise, though, and closely examine it, it turns out 
dishearteningly, in many cases, that we're not that special. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not that much. We're in, inconsequential. We're a thin film of life on an obscure and solitary lump of rock yeah. on metal. <laughs> so essentially a piece of shit <laughs> on the side of the road in the cosmos. Mate, there must be more life out there. I'm sure we'll find it one day. And mate, the second one for me on that book was like, if so he took the book, for a photo from millions of miles away, and this is the perspective he, he wrote the book on. Nice. But from this perspective, no one is coming, you know? Mm. And at the, mo- at the moment, we are fucking ourselves. We think we are important. Mm. Um, but as I said, we're a little piece of shit on the side <laughs> of the galaxy. And if we fuck ourselves as a species, we fuck ourselves, man. Yep. No, no one's coming. That's true. <sighs> Deep shit. Deep shit, mate. Mate, so your number six didn't make my top 10. My number six didn't make your top 10. The Switch mm. um, by Chip and Dan Heath. And as you said, we're going to um, speak with Dan Heath about the new book, The Power of Moments. But for me, I, mate, I just love the, just the structure of the book, man. They had this, you know, this metaphor of the rider and the elephant and blah, blah, blah. But basically, you need to, if you, if you ever want to make change, you need to direct the rider, which is your rational brain. You need to motivate the elephant, which is your emotions and stuff. And then you need to shape the path, which is the environment around you. Man, yeah. I just love the structure. I reckon Chip and Dan Heath are just geniuses. Mate, love it's them. good content and that stuff. Yeah. Man, so we'll man, get into it. The top five. Top five. Yeah. Yeah. Number five for me is Millionaire Fastlane, mm. which we'll save that. Five for me, man, was Daring Greatly. <laughs> Actually, that didn't make my top 10. Didn't it? No. But go. You get a fucking honorable mention for you. <laughs> but for me, it's like, so the, the whole purpose of the book is uh, a phrase daring greatly from Theodore, Theodore Roosevelt's speech, Citizenship in the Republic, yep. or better known as Man in the Arena. Yeah. So what, the, what this quote is all about, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of good deeds can done better. The credit belongs to actually the man in the arena yep. whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who tries valiantly valiantly who errs who comes short again and again yeah mate that's basically um don't listen to people who's on the sidelines just throwing out insults and throwing out criticism forget about them the only people you should care about is the people who are in the arena doing it themselves Hmm. and you need to get your fucking ass in the arena yeah mate that's for me the whole book is all about the invitation just step in the arena Hmm. and she talks a lot through the book about the the idea of vulnerability so a lot of people say you know, sitting on the sidelines, might have this mask on. Yeah. Just fucking show who, the, who you cool. are. Yeah. So hop in your arena, show your shit, whatever that might be. Take the mask off, yeah. Take the mask off and just fucking, you know, cops. Cop Man, it. I don't know where that... I thought... Our, so we talk a lot about the little bitch. <laughs> don't yeah. be a little bitch. I thought it started with this book, but listening back, it actually started way back at the Power of Now song, which is like our mm. second episode. We talked about the little bitch. <laughs> no, this, this, this book is all about the little bitch. <laughs> and it's going to... <laughs> it's going to feature even more heavily. So don't be a fucking little bitch. Get in the arena. Yeah, just hop in, you little fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, so number four for me was the click moment, which I think you said was number eight for you. Mm. I really like this. Franz Johansson we also interviewed, which I thought was sick as well. Um, and he talked about there's sort of three things. So you need purposeful bets. So place a few little bets here or there. Try different things. See what works and what doesn't work. And when one of your purposeful bets, when you see this click moment which is where things start to all tie together and you think, actually, you know what? Something's seriously happening here. That's when you double down that bet and let the third thing, which is complex mm. forces, let that take over. Yeah. And the big the big premise this book is based on is that success is random. Yes. And this is very different to, say, Malcolm Gladwell's opinion, yeah. what was you know the 10,000-hour rule where you just focus all this time and eventually you get mastery at it. Yeah. He says, you know, if you look at someone like Richard Branson, he didn't have 10,000 hours worth of experience in Virgin. Yeah. He just took some bets, took yeah. some risks, and some risks pay off and some yeah. don't. So it's all about finding the minimum ex- yes. executable step yes. to, you know, test an idea. And you might have multiple of these ideas on the go. As soon as something starts to work out, double down on that. Yes. Fuck everything else off and then just <laughs> fucking go for it. And that's it. Don't bet everything on one, split it into 10 different bets. And, you know, one-tenth, but on 10 different bets, due to randomness, they're not all going to work. One of them might work. That's where you double down. I love it. Mate, such a good book. And the reason that probably didn't get number five for me was, uh, top five for me was because of my number four, Lean Startup, which is quite similar. Very similar and worked perfectly together, I reckon. If you're going to read, yeah, read them both. Yeah, Yeah, read them both. So the biggest takeaway for me from this book was the idea of the minimum viable product. Yes. So with this... You know, a business case, if say if you've got a, an idea you want to pursue or anything like that, 
you're going to have some things that are leap of faith assumptions yep. because of this and some things that are just purely facts. Yeah. And what the riskiest elements to your idea or business idea or whatever it is, is that the leap of faith assumptions. Yeah, exactly. So you need to, when you've got these leap of faith assumptions, you might have a few of them. You need to build your MVP, your minimum viable product. So do something that's cheap, do something that's quick, get it out there early and just say, you know what, is my leap of faith assumption correct? If it's correct, you persevere with it and and go hard. Mm. If it's wrong, then you pivot and that's where you try the next thing to test the next leap of faith assumption. Yeah, so you don't wait for perfection with yeah. your idea and you don't wait you know, one, one year and spend all your money, time yeah. and energy on something. Let it be vulnerable and let it be you know, something very minimal yes. and then from that, you get some data and some feedback based on what you wanted it to be yeah. and then from there, you can pivot and build it and so forth. Mate, the reason why the book was eight for me, not in the top five was I think it was it was very tech focused and it was very sort of, I don't know, it got too specific in some points but I, I, I like the idea. It can be applied to anything where don't just spend heaps and heaps of money and heaps and heaps of time. Just do something basic, do something cheap, do something simple and quick and get it out there and test some shit first mm. before you go too hard. So it's phenomenal. For me, best business book of all time. Wow. No, that's fair actually. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, number three for me, was predictably irrational. Mate, did that not make you top 10? No. Oh, you're a fucking dog. <laughs> um, mate, predictably irrational. We'll talk about our interview with Dan Ariely later on, but, uh, mate, I loved the book, man. I loved how it was very academic and books like we did um, Thinking Fast and Slow last season were very academic but a bit dry, whereas this, I feel like he nailed the execution of it. He had some phenomenal academic stuff but did it for the perfect, you know, lamos like us who can read it and understand it and some of the things i really loved were about relativity how we don't judge anything as absolute it's all relative to something else social norms versus market norms the power of free arousal we, that was important yeah, <laughs> yeah. maybe the social norms that was probably the biggest takeaway from me yeah. so you know social norms are wrapped up in their social nation need for community instant paybacks are not required yes whereas market norms it, there's nothing warm and fuzzy about it. Exchanges are sharp edge. So sometimes, say for a, a present for someone's birthday, you're better off giving social norms. They're going to give greater value than yeah. a fifty dollar, on a Myers voucher. Yeah, you give a fi- anything any present that's worth fifty dollars is going to be better than giving a fifty buck note. Mm. Whatever present it is, it doesn't even matter what it is. But that present worth fifty dollars, people see it as you've actually taken some time and effort to think about what's going to be important to them rather than just. Sling a 50 buck note. Totally, man. And the influence of arousal might get a mention later. (laughs) (laughs) No, what was your three? Number three for me, man, was the startup of you. And I said before, it was the best business book of all time. Startup, startup, uh, was it? Lean startup. Lean startup. (laughs) And this is by far the best career advice that I've ever come across. Yeah, man, it's good shit, the old startup of you. It didn't make my top 10, but some of the things, I really like the A, B, Z planning. How he so, says, yeah, go for it. So plan A is you, you need to make minor adjustments as you learn. Yeah. So a good plan A, which is essentially you, you know your, your day-to-day job, offers yeah. flexibility to pivot to a range of possibilities of plan Bs. Yeah, and he calls it almost ready, aim, fire, aim, fire, aim, fire. So keep, yeah, keep going. Mm. Yeah. So plan B is you to keep one foot on the ground whilst the other is pivoting to an adjacent niche. Yep. And the way to do this is to start things on the side. So this is where the big thing is side yes. projects come in. Yes. And over time, your plan B, which is your you know your, your Saturday morning side hustle, can slowly become your plan A. So your plan B it might be closer to your passion. And yep. I think this is, man, in my opinion, the best way and maybe even the only way of ending up working in something you're passionate about. Yeah, no, that's fair. No, and plan Z is plan one. Plan Z is if you just completely fuck up, then fuck you need... everything fucks up. <laughs> Basically, says a bad shit. a bad plan Z is when you move home with your mum, sleep on the couch, and eat two minute noodles. That's a bad plan Z. And if you're in so a you developing a country, one. the worst case scenario is you're not going to be hungry and you're not going to be homeless in most yeah. cases. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of like you know, if you you need a plan Z, which is if everything else fucks up, you got something as a backup. <clears throat> And the big thing, the other big thing here, so, you know, as, as we haven't said yet, but the whole book is about treating your career as if you're a startup. And one of the big things he takes from the startup world into your career is the idea of a permanent beta. Yeah. And this is, you know, essentially a long, a lifelong commitment to continuous personal growth and learning. Yeah. 
and that's it. That that beta version, um, as a, as opposed to the alpha, I guess the beta is you know it's not quite ready, it's not quite done, it's always testing new things, it's always slightly you know there's always something to improve, and that's what, how you need to approach everything in life is just always as a test, always something to improve, always something to grow on. Mm, fuck Man, what's um what's number two for you? I forget. Influence. Mate, number two for me as well. Phenomenal book. Yep. Next level, man, especially in the world of sales or if you're just a person not in sales and you don't want to be sold to. You don't want to be a sucking little bitch. <laughs> mate, for sure. <laughs> mate, that little bitch comes up again. <laughs> Influence the psychology of persuasion. I reckon it's so widely applicable. Um, and he, there was six things as how you persuade people. Mate, I'll go into a few. The first one for me was reciprocation. Yeah, reciprocity, lovely. So oh, one man. way of looking at this is say if you're a... Some guys at a bar buying a girl drinks. Yeah. So when a guy buys you a drink or not, if you're a girl, he may be sub unconsciously trying to get you obligated to get your pants off. Yeah. <laughs> and this happens in a lot of this areas. This guy sounds like a fucking cunt, whoever he is. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like 99% of dudes. But <laughs> Mate, but it's 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 seriously powerful stuff, your reciprocity. If you give some if you give someone some kind of gift or do someone a favor, it's just even if they don't want it, they just feel Obligated, totally. obliged to give you something back. So, mate, I'm going to Indonesia in a few days. But, yeah, um, yeah. again, if you look at some of the bracelet, young little bracelet girls, they go around yes. giving you free bracelets. Yeah. And then you're, you honestly feel very obligated to give them money in some way. Mate, the one who got me last year in Indo was the girl who, are, she knew every capital of every country in the mm. world. And I asked her what the capital of Burkina Faso was. And she even knew that. It was Ugadugu. Who is this? Anyway, mate, some of the other ones were were social proof in that if you know if everybody else is doing it, you feel obliged to do it yourself. Um, Authority is if you know if you see a dude in a suit crossing the road, then you think, oh, it's all right, I'll cross the road. But if you see a hobo with no shoes crossing the road, you probably don't feel so obliged. Yeah, Um, Yeah, and the other one was commitment and consistency. Is if you make some kind of decision or if you have this identity, then you always want to do things that are consistent with your identity. Mm, yeah. Mate, One, bro, it's fucking good simple. stuff, man. One I want to delve a little bit deeper on was your social proof, yeah. was pluristic ignorance. I really love this concept, mm. man. So when we're unsure of our styles and the situation is unclear or ambiguous, when uncertainty reigns, we are more likely to look and accept the actions of others yes. as correct. Yes. And I think you've spoken about this before where you're walking down the street and if you say, and if you stop and start looking and pointing into yeah. the air and you get two others, everyone yeah. else starts stopping. Yeah, exactly. If you just do it by yourself, you're probably not going to have that much effect. But if you have two or three mates who all do it, then everyone else is going to look up. Yeah. And the same as there was a, in the book, I, I think you, I remember you talked about how, you know, if you hear someone screaming in the hallway and you're sitting in a room with six people, if no one gets up, you probably stay. But if one person gets up, you probably Mate, go It's up much darker than that. I think it was in the US 10 years ago, there was some chick getting stabbed on the yeah. street. Yeah. And like no one did anything. People. So yeah. 30... 30 <laughs> <laughs> fucking, it's not funny, is it? <laughs> <laughs> For 30 fucking people didn't do anything about it. They just watched this chick get not. stabbed. That's not good. Yeah, mate, num- <laughs> number one for you. Um, mate, number one for me was The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, the first episode of season two. Mm. Um, loved it it's probably been ever since I read it it's been my number one book and ha- has been ever since mate the biggest takeaways for me by far ever since the first time I read it was all about being proactive mm. you know we have the unique ability of self-awareness yep. so we can think through our own you know thought processes and highly proactive people can recognize that they're responsible for their own actions yeah mate some of the things that I loved were the circle of concern versus the circle of influence too many people are just concerned about so many things about what they see on the news, but they can't actually have any impact or any proactive influence over it. So their circle of influence is way smaller than their circle of concern, which is a bad place to be in. Totally, mate. And another one for me was beginning with the end in mind. So yep. this is the first time I probably really thought about it as obvious as it is, but you're going to fucking cark it one day. You're actually going to die. <laughs> yeah. So... You know, if you look at it from the perspective of your own funeral, what do you want your life to be about? And think about it now before it's too late because at some stage in your life, you're going to have one week to live. It's yeah. going to be toward the end. So, yeah. And you're going to have these thoughts going through your mind then. You're better off thinking about it now and being proactive about these thoughts as opposed to waiting until you're fucking, you know, you're pretty much cooked. That's powerful stuff, man. Two other ones I liked was firstly, seek first to understand then to be understood. Too many people just think, when you're talking to someone, you're just thinking of the next thing that you're going to say, <laughs> yeah. which is not a good place to be. And you want to be 
firstly, understanding the other person first, not just thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to say? Understand where they're coming from. And the other one I liked the four quadrants, the two um, axes of urgency versus importance. So yes, you need to do the things that are urgent and important, but it's also good to do the things that are important but not urgent. That's mm. in quadrant two. Whereas things that you, know, you can do them whenever, but they're so important, that's what's really going to add to your productive capacity. Yeah, mate, and a book of absolute gold. Mate, phenomenal book. Mate, should I go on with number one? Give you your number one. So, absolute... mate, for me, if you had to told me this book was my number one before the season, <laughs> I would have said, you know, fucking... Mate, even before you read the book, just looking at the cover. Looking at the cover, I was like, <laughs> an absolute piece of shit. So, it's a millionaire fast lane. Mate, and we interviewed MJ as well. And, mate, I read this, I don't know, two or three years ago. It's pretty much fucked my life ever since. <laughs> <laughs> In the best way it possible. Has, man. We were chatting before this. We had some podcast, deep psychoanalysis. And I was telling you how this fucked your life. But anyway, it sounds like a materialistic book, yeah. but it's not at all. Like it anyone does. who a knows millionaire me, fast lane. It sounds tacky. Totally, man. Anyone who knows me personally, I'm not a very materialistic guy. Yeah. Um, and this book is not all about that. It's not no. about getting cash to buy the Lambo. No. It's all about choosing the right path to control your own life and your own time. Essentially, there's three. Um, ways you can live your life. One is the sidewalk, mm. and that's saying that you know you're always spending more than you earn. You're always on credit. You're always just buying shit that you don't need, and you're always just going way beyond your expenses. It doesn't matter how much money you earn. You can be a, a basketballer earning ten mil a week and just spending it all. And mate, and number two, and this is where the biggest paradigm shift was, is you know life in the slow lane. Which is so most people, yeah. Another way of him saying that is wealth in the wheelchair, get rich slow is get rich old. Yeah. So this whole idea, which is probably the mainstream, is you know, go to school, get yep. good grades, graduate, yep. get a job, save ten percent. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then someday when you are sixty five years old, you'll yep. be rich. Yeah. And that's what we're all taught is that, you know, work hard, keep your head down, do the minimum, but you know, do a good job. Work hard and eventually when you retire, you might have a lot of money. But NJ is saying that you got a lot of money, but you're fucking old and you can't do anything with it. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, wealth is best lived in the prime of your life. Not yeah. wait until you're you know, 65 years old. It, there, there is another way of being able to yeah. have control when you're much younger. And that's the third option, which is the fast lane. Yeah. And essentially just taking that 50 years of hard work, compressing it into five years of hard work. Yeah, you're probably not going to have a social life for a couple of years. Yep. You're going to be doing things that most, you know, everyone else is going to the bar drinking cocktails on a Friday night and you're at home working on your side project and working fucking hard. But that's where all the money's coming yep. from. So this, you know, maybe four to 10 years will yep. be a seven and zero trade where you're trading seven days to working on something until the point where you can, you know, have control of your life. Whereas the other way is the, the trade is five and zero. So yeah. He talks a lot about like prostitution. Yeah. You're prostituting your time. Yeah. So they're miserable between Monday and Friday, yeah. eight hours a day, and you're genuinely miserable <laughs> yeah. just, and you're trading in this in just so you can enjoy your weekend. And this yeah. is where a lot of people th do the whole, you know, thank God it's Friday because yeah. they've traded their whole week. And they can go and get fucked up on a Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's a powerful book. <laughs> yeah. Powerful book. And, and, he, and at the same time, man, he says, a slow lane victory is a gamble of hope. So he yeah. talks about a survey where 69% of people said they have to work past retirement and 45% of people will have to work in their 70s and 80s. Yeah. So this whole slow lane idea that we're really born with and pushed into through school, it's a crock of shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a powerful book. <laughs> and I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a book that like it could fuck you up for five years, but it can set you on the right path, <laughs> which is where I'm, I'm halfway through that. <laughs> So it's made you, you mean, like you used to be very well onto the, yeah. you got fucking, well you're school, the fucking perfect grades, grades. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, the, always the working hard, doing, you know, the traditional path. You read you this know. book and you became a fucking kind of an employee, <laughs> kind of an employee. One of the worst employees. <laughs> like oh, doing mate. beers. That's mate, that's a, fuck, fuck, that's a powerful book. Yeah, it is. Um, I should have had it higher up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's phenomenal. Mate, so I think that's it for our books. Yeah, that's our top 10 books. Yeah. So next we have the interviews. And so we've talked about a few of them. We talked about NJ DeMarco from The Fast Lane. We talked about Franz Johansson from The Click Moment. We talked about David Allen from Getting Things Done, Joel Bacan from The Corporation. Mate, one of my honorable mentions that we're going to do our top three interviews was JP Sears, who mm. um, is a bit of a viral sensation, social media star, you know, the, 
the ranger with the long hair who does things about taking the piss out of vegans and um, stuff like that. But the thing that I really liked from our discussion with him was some random analogy we made up about the message versus the messenger and about something about yes. a baby sucking a nipple, the yeah. milk, and I don't even remember what it was. But basically, that you it's know, three different ways. Yeah. Of, you know, <laughs> yeah, the baby is you. Yeah, and you're sucking milk. Yeah, out of a titty. You need a good titty, and essentially, it's like you know, yeah. like so. You and I, we can talk about you know the same things that Seth Godin is saying. Uh, the milk's the same, the baby's the same, but that nipple of Seth Godin is way yeah, much better mate, than us. Seth, Seth Godin's <laughs> got, got double Ds, <laughs> and we're just like these flat fucking fourteen-year-old. So our milk is as good as Seth Godin's because we read his book. But his same titties milk. are fucking beautiful. <laughs> I think that's where we go. And same with JP. Like he's he's built up this you know where he's got you know millions and millions of followers online, and he's this dude that. Same message as a lot of other people are saying, but he's got some good titties. Yeah, very yeah. nice titties. <laughs> so I like that. Yeah. Mate, that's Steve Keane. <laughs> <laughs> mate, he was, mate, he was a good dude. We fucked up on the day. Yeah. Well, it was it, our we'll first live interview, man. First in person, yeah. We are probably maybe a little bit nervous. I don't know. Yeah. But we, we, rocked up. Up. we rocked up to the hotel. We were waiting for about 40 minutes. He was waiting in another room. <laughs> we'll probably... So we'll so probably we'll both, 10 to 12 meters away from each other, but both waiting for waiting each other. Waiting for each other. And he cracked his shits when he, he came not- in. We were drawing dicks on the, um, with all these big fucking, you know, top floor apartment building in Melbourne. We were drawing dicks on a whiteboard. <laughs> oh, mate. He was not happy when he rolled in. Nah. Mate, and I think he directed it mostly at you, which yes. is fine for me. He absolutely fucking unleashed yeah. on you. Oh, well. um, but basically, Steve Kane in the book, Can We Avoid Another Financial Crisis? Mate, Australia's in a fucking bubble. We're cooked. Everybody just keep, the debt to GDP ratio is completely out of hand. Mm. Something about like, you know, two hundred and thirty percent or something from memory where Australia's debt is just it can't be paid by our GDP and it, it keeps going up and up. Eventually it's got to pop. Yeah. And it's not just Australia, it's like the before the global financial crisis. So this is his metric, it's like private income to private debt, yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And the people the countries that had the highest of this ratio yeah. Before the global financial crisis get fucking, they got blown Destroyed. out of the water. Yep. Right now, it's Australia. I think China. Yeah, there's a few of them that you talked about. Australia's cooked. Yeah, mate. One I liked, um, Chris Gillibo. He did a book, The Hundred Dollar Startup, um, which you didn't like too much. I don't think. No, um, it was a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> man, we're a couple of Jimmies in, so we can uh, we can unleash. Uh, I don't think he's listening. We were polite That's during the true. interview. <laughs> Mate, I reckon he's got some decent stuff. I didn't, I didn't love the book, but his book, The Side Hustle, which is a new one, and actually, I'm actually going to go to his event 15th of January in Melbourne if anyone wants to tag along. Um, he's coming to Melbourne to talk about The Side Hustle. But I like that he said, you know, this side hustle idea or the $100 startup idea, you don't have to just quit your job and invest all your money and take on heaps of debt. Just do something cheap, do something on the side and eventually might build up to something serious. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, the idea is good, man. Mate, I also like the idea of the you know the monkeys in the cage thing. How you know we've got these perceived barriers, but they're not really there. It's just been passed down from the previous generation mm. that thinks you know there's a cage here, so they tell us that we're in a cage, but we're fucking not. Yeah, it's like it's exactly the same as a learned helplessness. I feel mm. where this came up again in another book. Yeah, yeah, but, it came up somewhere. You know, if you're, I think it's the the example I'm thinking of. If you got fleas in a jar, yeah, you put the barrier on top of the fleas yep. the fleas start to learn that their limit is yep. below the barrier of the jar yes take the jar off and then the fleas you know still they think their limit enough, yeah. you know so it's this yeah, idea of learned cool. helplessness I think yeah. everyone listening and including ourselves everyone is capable of pretty much anything yes our biggest limit is this idea of learned helplessness like yep. what we learn our limits are and that's where we're fucking you know yep. we're cut off yep exactly no that's so true man so if anyone wants to come along 15th of Jan in Melbourne I'll be, I'll be there um, Naomi Simpson as well was another one we did a shark on Shark Tank but I liked her, her idea of again the same sort of thing work out what's best for you if you want to go into business work out is it best for you to just you know quit go all in invest everything or is it best to do a little side hustle on the side work out which way is going to work for you mm, that's good stuff now, have you got any honorable mentions before the top three nah me fucking... number three number three man for me was was big <laughs> big Jono John Perkins yeah 
Jonathan new Confessions Perkins. of an Economic Hitman was the book, and mate, mate he delivered. It's good chatting. So this is a dude who hangs out with Vladimir Putin, <laughs> ex CIA dude. He goes around the world, and I don't know, mate. In the past, he just used to fuck up countries, but he realised that it wasn't quite right. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So just quickly on his process, he'd go in. Well, his job was to go into a developing country, yeah. convince them why they needed to get in so much debt, yeah, and then he would help them get into debt to yep. US corporations and the government. So in this country, if they defaulted on the debt, they were owned by these companies. Yes. Essentially, he got countries in so much debt that there was no way they could pay it back and they were obliged to give the US anything that the US wanted. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Owned. Yeah. But yeah. Mate, I think we're cooking at the moment. <laughs> Listen to the interview. It's powerful shit. Mate, but I also liked even more that you know, he's now gone to, you know, there's some seriously big progr- uh, problems in the world and we need to focus on the big problems. So mm-hmm. I like that that he was talking about, you know, climate oh, totally. change is going to fuck us up. Yeah. We need to start, you know, having a look at it. Wake the fuck up, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See what's going on, man. Mate, his book was an absolute wake up and his, the interview was an absolute no, we were, wake we up. We were shitting well. ourselves. <laughs> I, I was actually shitting myself reading the book. Yes. I was thinking they were, because in his book, there's so many times they'll be, you know, someone just gets someone killed. Get someone just randomly gets hit by a bus. <laughs> and, I was, and I was thinking, you know, in our emails, we're emailing with him. Surely someone's watching someone's this. Tracking it. These two idiot Adam dudes. <laughs> Mate, we went and had lunch uh, and then came back to do the interview. Mate, I remember I had to pull over yep. on the way home and had a month. <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck, I've got poison at lunch before the interview. <laughs> yeah, I thought we were cooked, man. But we're here now, so that's good. Yeah. Mate, number two for both of us, I think, was Seth Godin. Mate, absolute bloody legend. Yeah. Um, I think he's, mate, he's my number one idol, absolutely. And the stuff he gave us was phenomenal. Mate, it's one of those things, man. Before we started the podcast, I would have loved to have seen Seth Godin. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have dreamed of it, but. Yeah. It's, oh, I think it's worth, uh, we can't even give it justice in a one minute review. Just go back and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's another one of those things, man, where we don't ask the best questions. <laughs> We're not the best questions. Yeah. We just give a half thing and then yeah. he just like just Turned comes up gold. with some of the yeah. biggest piece of wisdom I've ever heard in my life. I'm actually going to go back and listen. I reckon I listened to it 12 times in the first really? two days. It was Holy it was up shit. and then I'm, I'm going to go back and listen again. Yeah. Matt, and number one was probably Dan the Man, Dan Ariely. A couple mm. of weeks ago, went up to Sydney, went to his hotel room, had a couple of cheap wines. <laughs> which <is good. laughs> He didn't like our cheap wine, but we went to the ballet with him and man, he was a fucking legend. Had some absolute gold to drop as well. Yeah, one of the cleverest dudes of... Well, definitely the cleverest yeah. dude I've ever met personally, and uh, mainly his, hu- his humility, man, which I really yeah. remember. Mate, I love that. Just if you listen back about um, procrastination and short-term um, gratification versus long-term success, is just a seriously important thing to take note of. Um, and yeah, mate. Oh, also check out his uh, Netflix doco. Oh, as well. dude, dishonesty. That's it's a it's a great ninety minutes you can spend rather than you know you can read the full book which will probably take you ten or twelve hours or listen or watch the Netflix doc it's phenomenal yeah it's good stuff man yeah so that's it man that's a fucking that's a that's a serious a lot of good content I hope we didn't skim across the surface yeah too much hopefully it's a good taste you can dive back into some of the best stuff the best books the best interviews man well same before this show man if I had if I if if you had told me that number 10 was going to be getting things done. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have thought getting things done would have been top two, yeah. if not top one. But we've come across nine absolute game-changing, life-changing books, man, with no doubt. Mate, there has, mate, we've done some seriously phenomenal books. I think there's some good ones to come as well. Yeah, without a doubt, man. Mate, I think we just uh, we appreciate everyone listening in, hanging on. We had some... Bit of shit audio. We've got the new mics now, which so from now on, all the episodes are going to sound pretty schmick, I reckon. Yeah. Um, and yeah, hopefully quality keeps increasing. Um, we're a couple of a couple of Jack Daniels and uh, Johnny Walker gold labels in now, mm. but normally we won't be. <laughs> so <laughs> but, we, um, we, we let ourselves go on the you know end of season. But man, that's absolutely huge. Like the people who've been listening and mm. actually emailed us and all that from the very start when you know at the very start not many people listening now might yeah. be a little bit different yeah that's it man a couple of just two dudes reading a few books talking some shit <laughs> and and obviously some people liked it which is um great and we seriously appreciate it as a as a quick reminder the competition what you will learn.com slash contest you can uh there's three ways to enter you can enter three times um what else Check out the Patreon. We'd love to get a few people in and just, yeah, cheers, uh, cheers for everything. Yeah.
It's Mate, good shit. So that's good. We can uh, anyone who doesn't like the songs can drop off now. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> we know there's some people who fucking hate the songs. Yeah, but you like the songs, hang around. Mate, every because every song, man, we don't really put any thought into it. We just no. play and just fucking just keep it raw. So yeah. now that I think we've got a, we've got a little bit of cream. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> Mate, I feel like subjective it, cream. I don't know. If, it sort of feels like the songs are getting better. I don't know if they are or not, but. Uh, that's a one thing we found from the survey we did was that some people like it, some people fucking hate it. But mate, the songs are it's literally our process for doing a song is we go into YouTube um, royalty free audio, we find just a tune with no lyrics, and we think, oh yeah, that, that song kind of sounds like the book, and then we you know hit play, hit record, and just go Start for it, singing. just freestyle. I think they can understand that. <laughs> <laughs> We have some low quality shit as well. <laughs> Mate, you reckon people don't realise that it's not scripted, it's just fully off the dome? <laughs> no, not really, man. We'll play what's our, what's our um, um, third best song, man. Uh, what were our, our top three songs? I think uh, number three, probably... Um, predictably? Predictably irrational, and mainly because of part of the book is about the influence of arousal and mm. chick with titties, I'm stiff, and choking people. I think they'll get an idea when it comes in, man. <laughs> yep. What you gonna do when you're predictably irrational, baby? Daniel Ariely. What is the truth? What is the truth? What is the truth about general relativity? General relativity, we compare everything, everything to everyone else. Every now, chapter two was fallacy of supply and demand, boy. Anchor, anchor. Everything's an anchor when everything's an anchor, then everything's an anchor. Now the cost, the cost, the cost is zero cost. It certainly is, and zero is the cost. Most expensive sex is free sex. Pay for sex, it's much easier sex. What about if you go to your mother-in-law's well to pay her $50 for that roast chicken on a Sunday night? Make it $60, maybe that will be better. Now the influence of arousal, there's a chick with titties, I'm stiff. Go and have a wank and then you're gonna do some fucked up shit. You're gonna like animals, you're gonna like the 12 year old girls and then you might choke somebody. What if I owned it? What if I owned it? What if I own that piece of land? Get in doubt. You don't want to lose that. Just, 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 just gain. Don't, don't lose. Just gain. Now keep the doors open or your ships will burn. Cause the Chinese captain's gonna kill your man. Shut the doors. Shut the doors. Shut the doors. Every irrational. We're not very rational. Did you be rational? No, no, we're not irrational. No, we're not. Man, I didn't realize we were finished nearly <laughs> off a whole bottle of Jack Daniels, 22 standards plus the uh, Johnny Walker before. That's but I guess right. if you listen to the episode, the uh, animal stuff and the 12 year old girl stuff <laughs> in a bit more context would I make really sense. hope people listen to the episode and get the context. <laughs> Between you choking, choking chicks, <laughs> twelve-year-old, <laughs> Jesus, um, yeah, that's part it's of the context episode. in the book, um, mate. Number number two, uh, one of the earlier episodes of that of season two, yeah, the Parent now, be my teacher Eckhart. Yeah, he's a he's a good teacher Eckhart. Eckhart is it Eckhart Toll or Eckhart Tolly? Eckhart was depressed on his bed one day He was gonna kill himself and then he did And he just fell back and the light came through on himself And then he started watching ducks on the lake He bought a cat, the cat was a zen master The cat taught him to just sit in the present The future or the past ain't never gonna arrive now Eckhart told Eckhart Tolle, I don't know how to say his name, the power of now, just be present in the now. Eckhart, teach me how you live in the now, be my teacher Eckhart, be my teacher Eckhart. Nobody knows what's good or bad, just ask a Chinese farmer, he'll tell you to wait and see. The ego is your enemy, the ego ain't gonna do shit for you, ain't doing shit for you now. Your mind's a little bitch, don't listen to what it says, women are more... Spiritual because they have periods. The menstrual flow. Release the pain. Release the pain and then never complain. If you 
present in the present. If someone says to you, I'm sorry for keep you waiting, then say to them, I wasn't waiting, I was just uh, enjoying myself. In the now. In the now. Turning suffering into consciousness and disaster into, into enlightenment. We are fucking rock stars. <laughs> we are rock stars. Mate, Tom will tell. <laughs> Tom will tell. Uh, <laughs> Mate, I guess if people have listened this far, they must be keen. So yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. We cooked. Mate, that burger was massive. Too many onion rings and sweet Mate, potato we, fries. We said before, like, you know, our time eating it will be about 60% enhanced. Yep. And next seven hours after it will be 70% de-enhanced. I'm feeling pretty... Unpleasant de- right now. De-enhanced? <laughs> yeah, negative. I'm pretty de-enhanced. Mate, the final song... It's been... Shit, it's been a long hour, 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, The final song from Darren Greatly. Yeah, we thought we'd end it up on a, you know... It's pretty powerful. High note. Is it? Pretty powerful. <laughs> is it? <laughs> well, yeah, it's like... We, we try to capture your energy of the book, which is yeah. know, not about being a little Don't bitch. Don't be a fucking little bitch. Just go and do something. Step into the arena. Don't listen to the cunts who are sitting on the sidelines just giving you shit. Yeah. Fucking step in. Don't be a little Whatever bitch. that means for you. You know what? Thank you so much for listening. Very much appreciate it. And we'll see you in a couple of days for the easy way to stop smoking. Yep. And then some health shit to kick off 2018. Yeah. Fuck, we've had a ball this season, man. Mm. You know. Looking forward to the second half. Fuck oath. Come in the arena, boy! Come in the arena, you little bitch! Be a critic. Don't criticize people who are in there in the arena with the blood and the mud on their face. Just go out there and step into the arena and battle off the masks you've been wearing since you were 10 years old. Choke yourself. Show your stuff to the people you know. Don't be a little bitch. Don't be a victim or a viking. Don't be a football joy. Don't be a perfectionist, just put your stuff out there Be vulnerable and deadly In the arena, in the arena It's strong and bloody in the arena Got the spears right in your face And your ass in the arena Our Roosevelt made a really good speech Don't point at how the strong man In the stops. arena Don't point at where the doer of your deeds could have done them better the man in the arena who's faced his mom by blood and sweat and dust Who strives and who's short and short again Always errors and shortcomings 